Hello, hello, hello. Happy Saturday. Happy, happy Saturday. We made it to Labor Day weekend. That's right. Get ready to go and celebrate labor by not working. Hopefully. It's episode number 30 of the Sports Kiki Podcast. My name is Alex Reamer. As always, you can find this show wherever you can find out sports podcasts. That's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. We are there. Uh, I enjoyed my show a lot last week, collaborating with another gay sports talk guy. That never happens, but I did find one. I did find one. Ben Livingston, who used to produce uh, for Pittsburgh, and then most recently WIP in Philadelphia, the top-rated afternoon show over there. Uh, Really great talking with someone who's lived a lot of shared experiences uh, because uh, we're definitely like unicorns in a sense, and pun is certainly intended, gay guys in sports talk radio. And one thing that I didn't talk about a lot with Ben that I've been thinking about a little bit over the last week is the actual subject of homophobia that we faced or have not faced in talk radio. We spent a lot of time talking about uh, the concept of guy talk and whether one day guy talk will become more inclusive to not just be, you know, men oogling at, you know, women's breasts, but, uh, you know, being, being much more tolerant and inclusive and including, you know, guys like me and Ben oogling at, uh, Hot male announcers, you know, how come, or hot male pecs, you know, why can't we do the same thing? So uh, we spent a lot of time doing that, and uh, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting conversation. And at WEI, of course, uh, as I wrote this week as well, I would sometimes take things uh, a little further than just, you know, oogling at attractive people. But um, overall, I am hopeful that we will get to the point where guy talk can coincide with talk about gay relationships and gay dating life and gay life in general, because as Ben said many times, it really is the same. Uh, So that's our hope. That's my hope. But in terms of actual homophobia, you know, we talked about this briefly, but like, you know, Ben said he didn't think he experienced a lot of it at work. Um, And, you know, and and I get asked this question a lot about my time in sports talk radio. And I I mean, I I agree with Ben, you know, I don't think I've, I've said this many times before, on this show, you know, if anything, I think it helped to differentiate me. Now, there was a lot of vitriol uh, aimed at me by the listeners. Do I think that some of it was driven by part due to homophobia? Yes, I do. I mean, I would be ridiculous not to think that. Um, but I think a lot of it was really more due to my political opinions than anything else. I mean, the audience at EEI is very far to the right. I am to the left of Lenin. So... I, that that's really where a lot of the vitriol seemed to be directed at me. I, I never felt like I was being singled out because of my sexuality. I, I never did. And if anything, in terms of uh, my career, I, I think it's only helped. I, I think it's helped differentiate me. And it's helped me, uh, more importantly, and most importantly, I should say, uh, being able to be honest about who I am. Because to be successful in talk radio, that's what you have to do. And there was just no way that I was going to be able to stick on WEI, that I was going to stick on the morning show in particular and lie about who I am. That just wasn't going to work. So for me, it wasn't a question of when, uh, you know, of whether I was coming out. It was a question of when I was coming out. So not to toot my own horn, but if you did not hear that interview last week, go back and listen. I like it. There are a few things I like doing more than geeking out over radio. Um, We have an important show for you this week as we head into our long holiday weekend. Uh, The Trevor Project released a very interesting study uh, this week, their second annual mental health survey of LGBTQ youth. They surveyed about 17,500 LGBTQ, LGBTQ, (laughs) 
middle school and high school students between December 2019 and this past March, so just before the coronavirus hit. Um, and the findings are incredible. I, I mean, we, of course, focused in on the sports portion. And coming up next, you'll hear my conversation with Casey Pick, who is a senior fellow for advocacy and government affairs at the Trevor Project, about these findings uh, more specifically. But uh, the studies show that playing sports have incredibly positive impacts for LGBTQ kids, like all kids. 36% of cisgender LGBTQ students who play sports receive mostly A's in school, compared to 27% for those who don't. Trans youth, 27% who play sports, say they receive mostly A's, compared to 19% for those who don't. So when you talk about the efforts across the country, and most famously Idaho, to uh, stop trans students and trans kids from participating in sports, it's just, it really is a form of child abuse when you frame it like that. I mean, it is denying kids the opportunity to live a fulfilled existence. And as Casey says, 25 states have enacted policies that allow trans students, uh, trans kids to play sports side by side with their cisgender peers, no problem whatsoever. So this can be done. We have a lot of proof that it can be done. And it's not being done out of hate, and it's not being done out of prejudice. And that's why. And that's why we see this fight going today. And these findings show how important it is for kids, all kids, to play sports. So we talk about that with Casey Pick. Also some of the greater findings about LGBTQ mental health. Uh, I live in a bubble. You know, I've spent my whole life in the Boston area. I live here now. I went to school here. Uh, I am a white cisgender male, so I don't necessarily wear my sexuality on my sleeve. But, you know, overall, I have not experienced a lot of overt discrimination against me. I haven't. That's not the case, though. In fact, I'm still in the minority, according to this survey that found six of ten LGBTQ students say somebody has tried to convince them to change their sexual orientation or gender identity. So we are in a prolonged battle for inclusion and acceptance. We talked to Casey about those findings and also a topic we've broached several times on the show over the last five or six months, the effect of the coronavirus lockdown on LGBTQ kids. As we move into the fall, we move into month six of this. And one point that I've always driven home on this show is the need for a nuanced approach to combating COVID. How public health guidelines, of course, should be front and center, and we should try to stay healthy and not get sick. But six months into this now, strict isolation, strict stay at home, that's no longer the answer. That's not nuanced enough. And there are such severe mental health ramifications that come from this. And so many students kids across the country starting another school year remotely it, it, just the, the the mental health you know repercussions are so immense what are some of the best ways to tackle that as we enter month six of this so that's coming up on the other side with casey close it's a sports kiki episode number 30 a landmark episode yes thank you for being with us on Outsports. And welcome back to the show. It is the Sports Kiki Podcast. As we said in the opening, have a uh, very uh, interesting interview for you all this week. I uh, was very uh, enthralled and uh, fascinated with the survey that came out from the Trevor Project. We have on Casey Pick. She is the Senior Fellow for Advocacy in Government Affairs at the Trevor Project. Casey, welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. Glad to be here. 
Yeah, so before we get started, Senior Fellow for Advocacy and Government Affairs. Wow, that sounds like a big job. What do you do? (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like a mouthful. Uh, What that translates into is I work on the state, federal, and local level to promote policies that will help protect LGBTQ youth mental health. So that can okay, range from everything enough. from trying to, <laughs> yeah, that, that ranges from everything from trying to uh, protect youth from conversion therapy to fighting back against bills that would exclude transgender athletes from playing on sports right. consistent with their gender identity. Right. And so let's, and that's a good segue into uh, this, the survey that the Trevor Project released this week, surveying uh, roughly 17,500 LGBTQ students enrolled in middle school or high school. The survey was conducted between December of last year and this past March. So I guess right before the coronavirus lockdowns. Um, I I do want to get to the sports portions, which I know you you work on those policies. But, you know, I just found as someone who, you know, Casey, I grew up in Boston. I went to college in Boston. I now live in Boston today. Uh, You know, I I have not faced a lot of adversity, at least, you know, uh, overtly about my sexual orientation. I was amazed to see that six out of 10 LGBTQ students say somebody has tried to convince them to change their sexual orientation or gender identity. One in three say they've been threatened or physically harmed due to their identity. I know that, you know, I'm fortunate to live in a bubble, but I mean, those numbers, six and 10, that, that means this is still very, very prevalent across the country. Yeah, it absolutely is. It's one of the things where we're in an interesting time. We have made tremendous progress. Visibility has increased dramatically. Um, But with that comes a measure of misunderstanding. It comes a measure of pushback, even some backlash. So our youth especially still need folks to look out for them, to create a safe and welcoming environment for them. Yeah. And I mean, and I think these numbers are so important because you look at pop culture, you know, LGBTQ figures have proliferated into the mainstream, uh, working their way through sports. I mean, there's more visibility than ever. But I mean, again, I just go back to that number six and 10. It shows that there is still it seems like deep seated homophobia, transphobia entrenched, not just with, you know, with, you know, with adults, but kids and, and the whole environment. Absolutely. That's there, and kids are listening. They hear it. They hear the implications when somebody suggests that this isn't how they want them to be. So hearing that welcome and affirmation means so much. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Also, 86% of respondents say that the political climate has has had a negative impact on their mental health. Explain that a little further, because that's interesting, too. Yeah. I mean, I think everybody can agree that right now the public conversation is a challenging one. But for LGBTQ youth, the last several years especially have been hard. Range everything from the transgender military ban, where you have the chief executive of this country suggesting that trans service members are burdens rather than heroes. Or when they hear about possible openings for discrimination in healthcare. Uh, it's remarkable how much we actually hear directly about these concerns at the Trevor Project's uh, Lifeline and Crisis Intervention Services. They call these issues out by name and they hurt. Right. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I, I can't imagine the experience of being a trans young person, you know, and seeing 
you know, waking up one morning a couple summers ago and seeing, as you mentioned, the, the president of the country just demeaning, you know, you on his Twitter feed. I can't imagine the ramifications of that. It's hard, especially where youth are looking for greater opportunities and chances to live their lives and become fully who they want to be. So as we've made, there have been some tough days. There have also been a lot of really important strides. So things like the fact that trans military, transgender people were serving openly and proudly in the military before that, and there still are people still serving. Um, right. Or the fact that the Supreme Court this summer affirmed the right of LGBT people to work without fear of discrimination because of their sexual orientation or gender identity. Right. Right. Yeah. No, there certainly have been uh, a lot of positive steps as well. It's uh, just a, yeah, just totally uh, crazy times. Um, I, I want to get to the sports portion here, too, Casey, because you mentioned you work on some of these policies too. Uh, first, so so what you guys, what, what you all found is that uh, 36% of cisgender LGBTQ students who play sports receive mostly A's in school compared to 27% for those who don't. Trans youth, 27% who play sports say they receive mostly A's, 19% uh, for those who don't. Um, how do these findings couple with previous surveys on this and what do you make of these findings? Um, these findings are consistent with what we see with youth sports participation across the board. Okay. And as a former athlete myself, um, this makes a lot of sense to me that sports teach things like um, self-discipline and the importance of trying your best. And really, if you're used to going to practice every day, that will help you to understand the importance of doing your homework. So all of these are things that contribute to um, higher performance in athletics. And it is encouraging to see that LGBT youth enjoy the same benefits in terms of um, academic achievement from sports as their straight and cisgender peers. Right. No, it is encouraging. You know, that's a big reason why, you know, at OutSports, we do what we do every day because, uh, you know, playing sports, it's not just, especially at the youth level, is not just about winning championships or, you know, getting a college scholarship. It's about just that experience of being part of a team and just being allowed to be being welcome at extracurricular activities like everybody else. I, and I think these findings really show that sports participation is 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 just as much a part of a healthy childhood development than, than anything else. Absolutely. Um, if not even more so. We know right. from other Trevor Project research that having just one supportive adult in your life uh, reduces the likelihood of an LGBT youth um, having attempted suicide by up to 40%. Wow. And that person can be a coach, can be a trainer. I know it was for me. Really? Yeah. So this is part what? of why I am so encouraged by people taking a step to make sports a more welcoming place for LGBT youth. Who was, uh, what, what's your story, if you don't mind uh, sharing? Uh, yeah, no, I was a pretty hardcore athlete. It was a huge part of my identity. I played basketball, volleyball, softball, and track. Um, but I was also one of those youth who, as I was coming out of the closet, I gave up on sports in a lot of ways because I was afraid of the locker room. I was afraid of, I didn't like 
what felt like keeping a secret from my teammate. So, but while I was in that struggling period, uh, the most important person for me was my volleyball coach. She happened to also be our health teacher, and I knew from that that she was perfectly willing to talk about sexual orientation and gender identity in an open, honest, and affirming way. And so while I was struggling to come out of the closet, she really was that source of support and encouragement that I needed in an incredibly hard time. Yeah, I don't mean to date you, but you can give me a rough estimate. When was this? <laughs> um, I graduated high school in 2002. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, so we're going back, you know, 18, 20 years, but it, it, that is so true. And, you know, I even look back at my school experience. I graduated in uh, 2011. Um, and, you know, I, I think most adults probably, you know, were supportive at the time, but it was still, you know, it was still rare, I think, to see a lot of that uh, extra support or not, but it was still rare to see a lot of outward support. Um, and so that, that, that's, uh, that's great to hear. And, and I also think that one of the findings that was very interesting with, with this survey was, um, the, the positive ramifications of something as simple as, uh, using correct pronouns for, 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 for LGBTQ youth, uh, explain that a little bit as well. Certainly. So LGBTQ youth, particularly transgender and non-binary youth really benefit from having their identities affirmed, recognized, and respected. Right. And one of the simplest ways to do that is to use the correct name and pronoun for them. It's just a matter of common decency, and it sends such a tremendous signal of them being seen and recognized as who they are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. And when you go to the sports context, uh, what kind of work does the Trevor Project do with coaches and other folks in athletics to, you know, ensure that, you know, uh, that, that, that proper language is used and the proper support is given? Uh, we are happy to participate in public education efforts across the country and some right. that are targeted specifically to the sports community, coaches, yeah. athletes, et cetera, um, speaking to the mental health benefits and implications of how youth are able to participate in sports and what it means to recognize them for who they are. Uh, we're also happy to knock down some of the misinformation that is out there and some of the claims that are being made that somehow these athletes are a threat to sport when we know that that really just is not the case. Yeah, it, it, and so, and that dovetails to what I also wanted to talk about. Uh, ex explain that further, because of course we talk about uh, trans inclusion in sports and really female, you know, female trans athletes in particular, uh, they point to it's an unfair advantage. This is, uh, but you say that's, that's not true. What are some of the specific findings that, that show that? Well, for one thing, we know that 25 states have successfully implemented policies that allow trans youth athletes and their peers to participate side by side, while at the same time ensuring that boys can't join a girl sports team. So we know that this is been something that states and athletic associations have been addressing for decades now, and there really just is not a problem here. Where you see some of the noise and chatter about this, oftentimes it is people who are trying to create a solution in search of a problem. The right. true problem that we have is the fact that LGBT youth across the board participate in sports at much lower levels than their straight cisgender peers.
And as people who love sports, who know the benefits of athletics, we should all be concerned when there is a population that feels unwelcome on our playing field. I, I agree totally. And, and these findings bear that out, the positive impact it has. Um, what's happening across the country now? Where do we stand in terms of the, uh, the, the, the trans fight for inclusion? I know that there was an inju- a federal judge uh, ruled a, an injunction in Idaho, but what's, what's happening in Idaho and what else is happening across the country right now? Sure. On the positive side, you see more and more understanding and knowledge about what it means for trans youth to participate. And states, like I said, are implementing well thought out and evidence-based policies that allow for participation. That's the side that doesn't get as as much attention as it should. On the other side of it, we see what looks like a coordinated campaign from Uh, socially conservative organizations, anti-trans organizations, Mm -hmm. to introduce legislation that would prohibit transgender athletes, specifically transgender girls, from playing sports on teams consistent with their gender identity. Now, this is something that should be concerning to anybody, and especially any female athlete, anybody who participates in women's sports, because what these bills do is they would allow any parent opposing team, anybody in the community to challenge somebody um, who may be gender nonconforming in some way to prove that they meet a certain standard of what it means to be a girl or a woman. Right. So as a, as a lesbian, I find that tremendously concerning. I, while I am a cisgender woman, I'm also 5'11". I was always <laughs> one of the tallest and stronger, stronger players on the team and not particularly girly. I could have found myself challenged and taken off the field until I could get, in some cases, they require a chromosome testing, um, perhaps a visual examination of anatomy. These are tremendous invasions of privacy and a real threat to anybody who participates in girls' sports, not just trans athletes who may well be humiliated in a way that is dangerous for their mental health. Yeah, it's, it's demeaning people for being who they are. Right. So, but you asked about Idaho, and Idaho was the only state that actually passed one of these bills last year. Correct. Right. And so Idaho passed this bill, um, and now our community is pushing back hard. You saw that um, a lawsuit has been brought that has successfully enjoined uh, or stopped this law from going into effect, and there is also a strong campaign to encourage the NCAA to remove any sports championships from the state of Idaho, as long as this policy is in place that is threatening athletes. Now, while in COVID, it may be a moot point, but it would still be a powerful statement by the NCAA to say this kind of intolerance is not acceptable. Yeah, no, I, 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 I totally, obviously I agree. And uh, it's, uh, it's, it's amazing that when you frame it in that way, you know, I mean, just in terms of why would you, why would any, when you frame it in terms of, why would anybody want kids to not be able to play sports if they want to? Like, it just, it's, 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 it's amazing that there's this amount of pushback against it. But, you know, then again, sadly, it probably isn't. We all know that there is a lot of education that is yet to be done. And we know that sports is a place of particular passion for Americans. Just look at how devastating it's been to not have, our, have players on the field, not be able to have fans in the stands. So we know that sports matter. 
And what all of our research and what brings us to this call today goes to is to say that sports matters for LGBTQ youth too. And right. we should make sure that they have access to something that is that powerful, that important, and that, right. that beneficial to their mental health. And uh, uh, the last topic I want to uh, hit with you, Casey, is, uh, of course, the effect that uh, the lockdowns have been having in the quarantine on, you know, all of us, mental health in general in this country. But uh, on this podcast, we've zeroed in on LGBTQ kids in particular. Um, We spent so much time today talking about the importance of activity and sports participation and obviously discouraged to do that in many cases and in some cases can't even do it legally uh during these lockdowns so just what kind of impact in particular have you all found that these lockdowns are having on lgbtq youth uh since the onset of COVID 19 the volume of youth reaching out to the trevor project's crisis services has increased significantly sometimes nearly double our pre-covid volume and the concerns that youth are expressing are wide-ranging some of them are talking about how not being able to go to school, not being, to be, being able to be on college campus means that they are now spending much more time at home, sometimes in, in environments that are not welcoming to their identity, sometimes right. in environments where uh, their family will not respect their name or pronouns, and they're having a hard time with that. Um, specifically relevant to your audience, a lot of LGBTQ youth rely on activities outside of the home to spend time with people who do recognize and respect their identity or just other ways of finding belonging. And sports is part of that. The inability to go and be with their teammates is hard for a lot of these youth. Others are also calling out just the building social tension. And there's an intersection between being LGBT and being, say, a person of color uh, this summer and having all of that stress coming along in addition to COVID. So this is a tough time for LGBTQ youth. And I'm glad that the Trevor Project is there 24-7 via telephone, text, or chat for any young LGBT young person who needs somebody to reach out to in a tough moment. And you work a lot on policy, Casey. I mean, is there is there a suitable or good policy answer that keeps everybody safe but is nuanced enough to, you know, leave room for these activities and, and socialization that is so important for the mental health of, of all kids, you know, not just LGBT kids and um, people in general? The Pro- <laughs> yeah, absolutely. At the Trevor Project, uh, we are a health organization and first and foremost we care about the safety of lgbtq of course so that of course is the priority and we would encourage people to um, abide by the guidelines and the restrictions of their local government in terms of what to do but the best thing that we can do is really prevent the spread of this disease Um, wash your hands wear a mask do what it takes so that we can get back to normal sooner. Casey Pick, uh, she is the Senior Fellow for Advocacy and Government Affairs, my old job at the Trevor Project. Uh, Casey, thanks for joining us on the show today. Really informative. Glad to be here and looking forward to hearing your next podcast. Awesome. So thanks a lot to Casey Pick for taking the time and coming on the show today. And uh, it's really not hyperbolic to say that that survey from the Trevor Project really embodies our mission at Out Sports and why 
our battle and our, our, our fight, our desire for there to be inclusion in sports for LGBTQ kids. It's, it's why it's so important, and it's why we're proud to do what we do every day as we move into September. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the rest of your Liberty weekend. Talk to you next week.